Ant Wright, he knows hoops. It's Ant Wright, one of the great Twitter feeds out there on X. People say, you're not saying X enough. You know what? I'm calling it Twitter. It's still a tweet. Until they call it, hey, did you X somebody? No, I'm calling it Twitter. Uh, Ant is standing by. How you doing, my man? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me on again, man. Yeah, always good to uh, hear you, follow you on Twitter. So this Howard story, uh, forget the rest of the regular season games or even the Big Ten tournament. How's it going to play out when this season is over? Do you think he's done at Michigan? Um, I hate speculating on jobs, honestly. Um, but uh, in my opinion, if he does go, it's going to be from his own just wanting to bow out. What I do believe happens is um, the – if he does come back or doesn't come, if he does come back, um, the assistant coaches will not stay the same. Uh, I believe that you know he would make a change there somewhere or whether someone retires. Um, I don't see that happening again because the staff has not changed since day one. Um, I don't see the staff remaining, this staff will not remain intact. I could probably have, I have like 98% feel that, um, that, that this staff will not remain intact. Um, when, when it comes to Jawan, I don't know. I don't think Ward would let him go. And I think if he goes, it's going to be from his own volition. All right. So whether it's his own volition or, there is a surprise, and I agree with you, that they let him go. When you look at it, um, who would be on that short list? If Juwan announced at the end of the season he was done, who would be on that short list? Have you seen my uh, YouTube on this yet? No, I haven't. Oh, oh, you haven't? I'll link this to you afterwards. But uh, my short list, I have, I have three. And, you know, just a very short thing for each. Um, number three will be Nate Oates. His biggest thing would be probably a buyout. And right now he's one of, one of the top paid coaches in the entire country for basketball. Do you see Michigan poning up that type of money? I'm not sure. Um, he's, he coached in Romulus. He's from the Midwest. Um, he's done well in Alabama. I know he had the, the thing down there with Brandon Miller. People don't like the way that that happened, but I mean, if you if you want someone who who would like learn from their experiences, Nados would be would be a great hire in my opinion. I think he, he he can also coach in the Big Ten. I think he would make the right adjustments. Um, number two, maybe probably like a one A for me, one B uh, would be TJ Otzelberger. What he's doing at Iowa State's been amazing. I've been a fan of his for about two years. Um, uh, the way that he's able to win, uh, no matter what the resources are, no matter who's on the roster, he's claiming those guys. You see coaches land into these new, into these new, uh, positions and they try to claim that the roster's someone else's like, no, that's your roster. And, you know, he's done a really good job at that. He took, um, Isaiah Brockington and Gabe Kalsher. If you guys don't know who those are, that's a guard from Penn State and a guard from Minnesota and was able to whip up a team to get to a Sweet 16 and do well in the Big 12. So if someone can do that 
in a very good basketball conference, I think he would do and, and do a, a tremendous job at a much bigger brand uh, with more resources at Michigan. Um, everybody knows like what my other one is. If you've watched my video, um, that'll be to bring back Beeline. And I think from a standpoint of just a short term, like one, two, three years tops, it's very, it's a new world in terms of portal and NIL, but I think it's more important if you can identify talent within the portal. Uh, not everybody wants these high, big paychecks, right? There's 2,000 kids in the portal every single year. I don't know. I don't think anyone can name five better coaches at identifying talent. I think coaches go by, hey, who's good? They go by their EYBL connections or their Adidas connections or Under Armour connections, and they go by what 24-7 sports and all these ranking sites say and kind of go by that. But Beeline is a true film watcher, and he like he doesn't offer kids until they come on the campus. So getting someone to fall in love with the school before the team is very important. He wants guys on the team who, if you were not playing basketball, could you see yourself doing well here? And those are the type of guys that he would bring in. And being able to have access to a portal um, where he knows the guys that he, he can get, whether they're grad transfers or whether they are just, you know, just past their first year, because there's those guys who are juniors who you really can't get due to how admissions works. Uh, he would know how to navigate that. He would know that certain guys can come, they can't come. He did a great job in the portal before when it wasn't a circus. He would do a much better job now in a very short stint. But the whole point would be to get Patrick Beeline back into the collegiate coaching ranks. Uh, right now he's he's uh, coaching at a high school in, um, in uh, New York, I believe. Getting him back on a college staff um, you know he deserves to coach in college. He's a he's a college coach through and through and through, um, and then have a staff in place so when he leaves, I'm not saying put Patrick Beeline in the head coaching position, but you're going to keep all that culture. You're going to keep some continuity. So when JB actually decides to hang it up, he's going to have um, the staff intact. The culture is back, um, and and it'll be on an upward tra trajectory again. So um, I think it says a lot that in Beeline's last season in, in 2019, he he had, he think, won 30. He had like 30 wins, right? And we all felt that that was a down year, right? And it's gotten to the point where it's, you know, the culture's lost, the buzz about Michigan is lost, and that took about, that took about five years to to do, um, but in the year, but in the era of the portal, uh, you're able to get back a little, little bit faster. Even though Michigan does have its walls and does have its does have its um, uh, does have its you know barbed wire around everything, where not everybody gets in. I get that, but um, you you need a staff who can really identify talent, and if if he wants to kind of have like a like an ending legacy to his coaching career and not let that be what happened at in Detroit. No, not in, not in Detroit with the Cavs and then going to Detroit. That's not really how, you know, that's, that's not how a legendary coach should, you know, uh, 
leave the game. And um, you still see him in the Big Ten network, and it's one of those things where I, you know, I, I think he still loves the league. He still loves Michigan, in my opinion. And um, uh, I would not be, I would not be upset. And I think fans would be all should be all on board if it's if it's any of those three guys. Um, there are a couple more out there that. I really, really like, and I wouldn't mind, but if you were to ask me my three, I'm not saying that this is coming from the Board of Trustees, the Regents, the, it's not coming from anybody. This is just from me and what I've been observing over the last couple of years. And right from it's at right on Twitter talking about uh, the state of Juwan Howard as Michigan's head coach. You know, when I hear you talk about Beeline, I totally agree with you. John would never comment on it or say anything until the job was open if it does open, but what you went through in explaining what's going on and what they've lost, that's why I really believe Manuel can't give him another year, even with new assistants and a new strength and conditioning coach. You, you can't do it. You're just going to set yourself back even more. Beeline would be interesting with Patrick that he could come back and take two, three years, rebuild the program, and he gives his son a chance uh, to get back. Uh, coaching at the D1 level. I, I really like that idea. Final thought I want to ask you. What, yeah. And you're a, bas- a former player. Where did things go wrong for Juwan Howard to the point that it's tough to dig out of? Um, honestly, um, after... Honestly, after they... They brought in that six man. They brought in that six man recruiting class. I thought that was the worst thing that you can do, um, especially nowadays when teams are getting older. You just brought in like, half your class is going to be true flesh, true freshmen, and one of those freshmen was seventeen when he first stepped on campus. So, like we're talking about, and only one of those guys are left on the team. And then you had to fill them with like transfers and other younger players, and it's it's just been an absolute it's been an it's been an absolute mess. Um, you can't have big classes anymore. You can't unless you're getting like I'm talking like franchise NBA players <laughs> in those recruiting classes. You cannot have big recruiting classes anymore, or you're going to go through a lot of growing pains every single year. And sometimes when you have those growing pains, it's not, you're never going to get a, get over that hump. And then, then you got to start over again the, the following season. So um, you've got to be able to navigate the portal correctly and, and all those things, but everything started going downhill when that happened. And then you had Hunter playing with another center on the court. So not only were you young, you was playing with another center, and then Hunter stayed a year longer than I thought he should. Honestly, honestly, I think he stayed a year longer than I thought he should because in his final year at Michigan, I mean, as you can kind of see now, people were blaming Hunter for their failures. When you look back, it seems like Hunter was keeping everything afloat. If you're looking at someone of that caliber as your five, and then on the perimeter, you have three young players. You had Doug as a true freshman. Kobe 
was the youngest player on the team, and then you had Jet as a true freshman. That's your backcourt. Your backcourt is the most important is the most important piece of your basketball team, right? And if you're super young with no experience, it's really it's really hard. And then you're only bringing back a third of which to the next season. And that guy who was who was the the piece that returns ends up with like academic issues during Big Ten play and can't play in road games. Do you know how hard it is to win on the road, let alone without one of your if you're not best player? So it's um everything started then. And people say, well, he did go to a Sweet 16. Yeah, but you have to look at it as they struggled big time, big time at the, you know, in, you know, uh, in the 21-22 season. They struggled a lot to even sneak in. And then when you snuck in as an 11 seed, you were fortunate to get Colorado State as a six. I'm pretty sure Michigan was favored in, in that game as an 11. They were favored. And then you get Rick Barnes two days later. I mean, it worked out very, very well at, at the end, but you have to judge teams. You have to judge consistency based off of, based off of a lot of the regular season into their, into their conference tournament. And Michigan, they have not been good for the last three seasons. Yeah, Ant Wright. Uh, it's Ant Wright on Twitter. Followed a great basketball uh, X feed, as they say. And always good to hear your voice, my man. We'll talk hoop soon. Yes, sir.